Hi, and welcome back to another edition of Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. I want to take this moment to thank the C-Suite Network for hosting my podcast. I want to thank you for taking a time to listen and share your thoughts and concerns with me so that I can bring you content that is worthy of your time, but more importantly, is worthy of you considering as you look for ways for getting from where you are now to where you want to be. I have some exciting news for you. I am now a published author. My book titled Remarkable Leadership Lessons, Change Results One Conversation at a Time is available to all online retailers like Amazon and Barnes and Noble and I have it in paperback and Kindle editions. You know, I wrote it so that you could see the power and potential in your conversations, that you already have the power to make change and to get results that you want if you just show up, step up, and speak up. As we enter 2021, for many of you, you know, if you're like me, you're just tired. You're fatigued, you're tired tired of the accusations, tired of the divisiveness within our families. I'm tired of walking on eggshells as we, as I work with people, get to know them, and wonder if they believe like I believe, and if I say something, I might offend them. And for many, maybe too many of us, we're just tired of listening to our leaders talk about what we should do, when maybe the question really should be, do we have the will to change? Today's podcast is with Jennifer Brown, who's an award-winning speaker and author of several books. And her first book was Inclusion, Diversity, The New Workplace, and her second book was The Will to Change and How to Be an Inclusive Leader. Change roles in creating culture and belonging where everyone can thrive. The idea that to be an agent of change, you have to first develop the will to change is one of the topics we will discuss in this podcast. I hope you will enjoy our conversation and will share it with others who are interested in talking about developing the will to change before we jump into asking the question, what should Well, hello there and welcome back to another episode of Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. Thank you, thank you, thank you for signing up. Thank you for spending your time with me today to listen to what I think is one of the more important conversations of our times. But before I get into who my guest is and what we're talking about, I have some exciting news to share with you. I am now a published author. Good morning, good morning, everyone. And as you listen to this from wherever you are, whether it's daytime, nighttime, or the weekend, I hope you will enjoy this next episode of Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. And I am so happy, and I know I say it all the time, so forgive me, but I am so thrilled to have this conversation with Jennifer Brown. She is New York, in New York or the upstate. And as we speak now, she is probably shoveling out from a deep (laughs) snow. (laughs) Oh, that wasn't as bad as we thought it would be in New York City. So uh, yeah, now it's all just brown and mushy. You know, that's what happens literally not even 24 hours after a snowfall. I know, (laughs) I know, I know. And so, um, you know, as life gets continued to go on, it's the new year and you know, we have put 2020 to bed. Thank mm. goodness. 
But, you know, we're moving forward and we're thinking about the new normal. And the reason I wanted you, my audience, you guys to hear Jennifer's perspective is that, you know, diversity and inclusion has become a huge topic with Me Too, George Floyd, um, Brianna Taylor. I mean, we've just got inundated in 2020 with when will it change? What is the next step? How can we make progress? And as a, as a coach myself and executive coach and trainer and someone who is helping people generate the best conversations that actually do generate results, I have studied and thought about, you know, there's, there's two processes that we have to deal with. There's finding a way, what is it that we want to do or finding a way to change, which is actually the easy part of making change. The hard part is finding the courage to change or the will to change. And Jennifer's book, um, Inclusion, Diversity in the, work, in the New Workplace and the Will to Change tapped into and taps into that idea of, it's not just finding the way to change, but it's actually finding the will to change. Because if you've ever had to change anything, you know that it starts out very exciting we are all you know, just gun-ho, we've got a lot of energy behind it, we feel success, and then there is the dip. And the dip in it is just, you know, it's hard, why didn't people react the way I wanted them to react? What does that look like? And all the noise in our head. And so today's conversation with Jennifer is, I wanna pick her brain and, and find out exactly what her experience is as well as share mine so as we're thinking about this, we can help you close the gap. So Jennifer, to start, um, I, I, one of the things I was fascinated is, is that your um, leadership and diversity consulting business, although you're like everybody else, you give a way to change. So you can come up with a process, but the majority of your work is really on the front end of why do they want to change strategically? What should change look like? Change look like when we get there? How will we know we're there before you even come up with a way on how you're going to get there? Talk to me about why you chose to go in that direction versus ride the crowd of here's our process, here's our videos, put people through it, and what's been your experience on that? Oh, Denise, thanks for having me. And I just love your words and the way that you, you lay this out. It's so exactly the way I feel about it. And I think it stems from, I have a, a degree in organizational change and, mm. and it, it really impacted me thinking about how change occurs. Uh, and I study the organizational context, but also the leader and, and human context. How do we change as part of a system? And then how does the system change? And I love that because it's kind of micro and macro at the same time. And it must be something about how my brain works that um, I enjoy and, and find it fascinating. And I'm so curious about the systems level change and the individual change, right? And how those two connect to each other. Right. Um, yeah. So the, the way to change, um, yes, you're right. I could have taken the company direction of, of products and, you know, videos and, you know, buy our kit, you know, off the shelf as we refer to it in this field. Um, but I, I read a book called Flawless Consulting. Oh, yeah. My, yeah. Peter Block's love book. It, it's, love it, love Blocks. Oldie work. but goodie. Yes, yes. So good. 
And I, and I realized I had this like moment, this was gosh, 15 years ago, maybe Mm -hmm. more. And I had this moment of realizing that I actually wanted to work from the blank slate. Like I, I wanted to be a partner in articulating, like you just exactly said, current state, and then what does success look like? Mm-hmm. Let's craft that together. And then I'm going to be a catalyst and a space holder for that mm-hmm. and a partner in and a partner in your journey mm-hmm. along the way, whether that's cheerleader, whether that's subject matter expert, whether that's, um, you know, tough love giver, yes. <laughs> uh, whether that's, um, <laughs> whether it's therapy, you know, yep. emotional support, whether it's just enabling the person doing the changing to feel seen mm-hmm. and, and heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just, the compassion that underlines that I know you operate from that place too, which is that, that everybody is do that compassion, right? Do mm-hmm. that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's regardless of identity and all that. So mm-hmm. I guess, so it's not a surprise that I feel like the company became much more maybe bespoke is the word, um, much more sort of let's, how, you know, let's help shape this problem that we want to solve or the gap that we want to close together. And inevitably you come across both the, the methods for change, yeah. but also the will, the will question. Yeah. And um, when I, in grad, in grad school, we, we thought of it as the X, Y axis of skill mm-hmm. and will. Yes. It's very easy to remember, right? Yep. yep. So One of my and that made a, I love that. Oh, I it's love so good. That. And every it manager is. I tell, you have to decide <laughs> whether it's skill or will. They all yes. immediately get, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love that. Yes. And, and if you lack one or the other, like then your strategy is different. Yes. So, um, so I'm always mindful that we've got to build the skills and change mm-hmm. the behavior and give the tactics. Mm-hmm. And then we need to help reinforce that. Cause by the way, humans, just like everything else you said, when it get, the going gets hard with a new habit what do we do? We, we like with the new diet or with the new workout regime or the new savings plan. Like we, we, we start out strong and then we lose (laughs) the momentum and the discipline really. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I, but I think tapping into the will is this like deep well of, of motivation that is so important to know because it can wreck the best laid plans. I'm going to quote Peter Drucker. Now, mm-hmm. yes, it is culture mm-hmm. eats strategy for yep. breakfast. Yep. Another one of our favorites. Yep. So if culture eats strategy for breakfast, like best laid plans, right? We can do all the skill building and investment in like, what do I do? When do I do it? How do I do it? But if the will, which I think partially comes from the heart, I, I think it's, it, it feels head, heart, hands to me mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So that head piece is, okay, I've learned this. I've studied it. I know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, but the heart piece is, do I want to do it? How mm-hmm. will I feel emotionally as I apply these skills? And particularly with DEI, it's so easy to get discouraged yeah. and you and I know this and, and, and yet we have coming out of 2020, we cannot afford to have people get discouraged because it's an all hands on deck and many hands make lighter work moment where if we all contributed and we all did something we could do from our arsenal for change, which yep. looks different depending on who we are in the world yep. and what kind of circumstances we were born into. If we don't all participate and kind of maximize what we have at mm-hmm. our disposal, we are going to create a future uh, where um, a bunch of us are sort of following as opposed to leading mm-hmm. and, uh, and maybe a future where um, it's articulated and defined by one group without the participation of another group. And by the way, 
that is what our history has been. Yes. One yeah. group has had all the power and we live in a world at their behest, right? In a right. world that doesn't work for so many of us, in a workplace that wasn't built by and for mm-hmm. many of us. Mm-hmm. So if we just turn around and what is the master's tools, right? Yes. <laughs> that yes. quote. Yes. If we just turn around and say, well, now you don't matter. Now you need to sit down. Now I don't care what you have to contribute. And by right. the way, you don't have anything to contribute because right. you created this mess in right. the first place right. and you've caused harm and you need to be in the penalty box. Right. I, I don't think that is the right application of this moment. Right. And I know that if somebody told me to be in the penalty box and said, Jennifer, you don't this is not your time. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to hear from you mm-hmm. and anyone that looks like you. Mm-hmm. I find that heartbreaking mm-hmm. personally. And, and believe me, I have watched social media. I'm very in it. And there is a message that travels around in those circles that a lot of us are hearing that says you are not needed. And not only that you, you no sort of Royal you, I suppose, like the, the collaborate, the community, you of identity is, you are part of this and therefore you can't do this. You don't have the right. You don't have the voice. You can't say this. You can't say whatever. And if I'm feeling, wow, like I have to kind of sort through that and say like, is that message meant for me? Like, is, does it mean that I should close my business? Does that mean I should stop writing books? Does it mean I just need to listen for the rest of my life? Uh, which I will do anyway, but I, I, I find it confusing and just, again, heartbreaking because I consider this to be my, this will be my gift to the world. This, I, I want it to be deeply. And I know a lot of other people agree. We all have gifts to contribute to this movement, you know, and actually I think the gift I can give is very specific for specific people, you know, using the things that I have that are a unique combination of, of, of um, my circumstances, my privilege, my marginalized identities, you know, all the sort of mix of me is, is what I work from. Um, and each mix is so unique in all of us. So, yeah. um, so anyway, I, I just think we've got to figure out a way to engage and equip and inspire and help people feel confident that I have the skill Right. And then support that will to say with, nobody can contribute if they're feeling shame, blame, guilt, um, no competence. I'm not good at this. I'm, you know, I'm uncertain. I'm hesitant. It's hard to create from that place. It's hard to help from that place. Yes. That will has to feel like I can do this. This is something I can learn. This is something I can get better at. This is something I can actually achieve through yeah, practice. And, and- and I think it starts even earlier than that for me, because even before I can even begin to change my mind, I've got to understand that the possibility exists for me to even practice without judgment or practice without um, dying from it, or not necessarily dying, but being judgment death, I guess is what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. Um, out of it. And I think One of the things that I found really interesting about our previous conversations that we've had is, you know, the typical way we think about diversity inclusion sets up, you don't know anything white male, particularly charged white men, you know, kind of, you you don't know anything. All you've done is recreate this thing that marginalizes everybody. 
and and you know white women have benefited from all of this not doing anything because we know you sat on the side but you know your man will come in and help you at any point and now we they there people are coming forward in that category and they're afraid i find that they're absolutely afraid to say the wrong thing so if I'm afraid to even try and engage because I'm going to make a mistake, I'm going to cause more harm, et cetera, then why, why should I get in this game at all? And as I talk to many you know, companies, executives, et cetera, I'm sure you get the saying, oh, well, you know, someone told us we needed to get some diversity and um, <laughs> we thought we'd bring you in and we really want you to talk to us and the board and help us understand what this journey might look like and then after you make this presentation and and mine is very different because it's really about you got to change from as you say the heart Um, and everybody who listens to me or at least works with me knows that i i say we have to start with the heart first dismantle what the brain tells us but encourage the heart to be true Mm, that's beautiful Um, and so once we can get dismantle start dismantling that self-talk up front and then get to the heart and things go. But when you're in that meeting and you, you know, now even on Zoom, it's so funny because I can see them, you know, go, oh, good, we've, we've talked to her and, um, oh, you mean all we have to do is set up a, a link to a couple of sites where we can get recruits in and um, that's, it, that's it? Oh, well, we can do that. And then they go off and do it and they, I guess they think they've gotten something from me. Does that happen to you? <laughs> or is it just yeah, me? It's odd. It's odd. It is. It's um, they want the the checklist. Yeah. Um, and it feels superficial and kind of the, for the optics. And but you know, how would they know that the work is deeper too? You know, I, I guess, I guess when you're just emerging into the understanding of this, like there's so much people just don't know. So we, we can choose to be either offended by that, you know, yeah. and say, how dare they, you know, all they want is a checklist and they just want a bandaid and they don't want to do the hard work. I mean, the real question is like, what is the hard work? And can we help people see that, mm-hmm. like see the systems problems mm-hmm. and then support the courage that it would take to actually take on the bigger issues that are causing the harm in the first place, you yeah. know? Um, and I think what's, what's confounding to me is business leaders do this all the time. You know, it's, let's look at the system that created this, you know, m- you know, we missed this goal. Yeah. You know, they diagnose things all the time. Right. And I think that takes courage because of course p- mistakes were made along the way, or we misjudged or we miscalculated or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, there are consequences to that. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. sort of the way, it's the way organizations innovate. There's going to be a lot of failing forward, hopefully, um, where it's like, okay, we could have done this better. Let's own this. We are accountable for this. Like, let's try again differently Mm -hmm. and let's achieve it this time. So I often, I'm like, it's just as it's, it's as simple as that. I understand the, that it's more sensitive, uh, that there's way more fear that there are people's uh, egos at stake. There's also people's feelings and the impact on others at stake. I get it. Um, but I wish we could, I wish we could look at it as, as, as similar to the process we undertake to, to become more efficient, to become more effective and kind of take all of this injury out of it. Like, like I wish we could, and I don't mean be more clinical about it. I certainly don't want that, but, but I, but I think judgment that the, around it, but it is the yeah. judgment. 
Um, it is. Because, yeah, it is. I've got a, comp- uh, a leader who's working with me now. And one of the problems is, is they're having a lot of listening um, circles and sessions mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whatnot. And they've done that for a while now and they've tried to make some change and, you know, kind of come forward. And now but what they've done is they've opened up this, hey, you're going to hear my story and now you got to listen to my story. And the leaders are kind of behind that. You know, they're just like, look, we're not going to do it perfect. And they didn't do it perfect. I mean, their first steps out were really rough, um, but getting people to realize that that reaction only... um, um, pushes people away. Right. And we, and I understand their point of view because they haven't been hurt. They've got a lot of pain. The pain hasn't, Mm. they haven't worked out the pain part for themselves True. uh, because too often what to come to work, you had to like compartmentalize and I can't feel that I've got to take that. And so now it's kind of coming up. So I get all of the dynamics are in this, but what Mm. I haven't seen is a strategy or at least an attention to the fact that one of the things every leader is going to um, face is this kind of puking bear syndrome, right? You know, and it feels, it doesn't feel good when you've made an attempt, you've made a mistake and everybody's going, well, you made a mistake, you should know better. (laughs) And of course you're the leader who's supposed to be perfect, right? Of course, which is the fallacy at the heart of all this. Yeah. To say like, oh, what we've set them up to have to be, you know, uh, perfect, especially on a topic where you, you have literally the learning is so imperfect, you yes. know, and it needs to and be steep. Yes. It's a steep learning curve, you know, and, and no time to learn and no time to, I think, deepen into the work Yeah, because it start, it might start in the head, but it, it takes time to digest a meal. Yeah. You know, you don't want to force feed someone. It's mm-hmm. not the Coney Island hot dog eating contest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 2020 right. had, 2020 has been an inundation mm-hmm. of really challenging information that is mm-hmm. very new mm-hmm. to a lot of us mm-hmm. because we have not been taught mm-hmm. a full history mm-hmm. of our country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have not had the diversity in our friend groups, in our families, in our worlds. We live in bubbles. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, that, that sort of white hot truth is being articulated at scale. On top um, of my business is failing or it could be failing. And it's a pandemic. Got empl- yeah, yeah. You know, and, and oh, by the way, I can't even show up and be face to face. I can't even get that energy yeah. of being in the same room with you. Um, and to be able to, that you could at least see my body language clearly that says mm. that I didn't mean to hurt you. So that can soften mm. the blow, right. you know, the kind of thing. And so because we haven't spent, you know, all those soft skills, which are now we're kind of figuring out are hard skills, like listening, <laughs> being able to communicate, right? Like empathy, empathy, and mm. you know, the whole idea of, you know, it's about the vision, it's about delegation and empowerment, enablement, not so much empowerment, but mm. enabling mm. people to do the work, and then follow up and follow ensure and follow through. I mean, that's kind of all a leader has to do. And yet that is so complex, right? That so many so moving parts in those four, four or five buckets that you've got to deal with. And so I, I do feel for them, but, and, and the training, <laughs> right. And the training that we're offering again, back to what you said about systems. So if both sides stay static and don't learn any new skills, mm. then the system gets to recreate itself. 
That's the danger. That's That's the the danger. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what's kept us, you know, 50, 60, 70 years at trying to, to, to do better is because we only look at one side of the system. Yeah. And so it's, it's, talk to me about when you're thinking about strategy and when you're helping a company think through the strategy of it, what are kind of the steps, but also how do you, how do you take into account that both sides? So those people who have been marginalized have to shift their thinking, dismantle yeah. their head trash and allow their heart to come through in a time when previously none of us were told that we should really pay attention to those soft skills, relationship <laughs> building, right? You're doing a lot of air quotes for people that can't yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> ah, I mean, right. It, this, the, 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 or, the, the organ is rejected by the body. Like we can't talk about emotions. We can't talk about who we are. And now all of a sudden we, you know, we in our work have been saying, bringing our fuller selves or our best selves to work is important. Yeah. People are everything, blah, blah, blah. Like all the jargon, which you and I know is deeply true. Mm-hmm. And yet we have never done it well. Mm-hmm. You know, we are still treated like widgets mm-hmm. in a system. Mm-hmm. That's exactly and- <laughs> right. And some algorithm, some AI algorithm right. decides scheduling. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we are, we are units of value right. that are measured, right? We are assets to be capitalism extracts. Mm-hmm. Like we are extractable. Yes. Right. So it's just, it's not the whole person at all. And you're right that many leaders are like, wait a second. I was told my whole life, I'm not allowed to talk about this with people. And now you're telling me that it's, it's, it's what a leader should be doing. And I say, well, yes. I mean, the problem was that we have been saying this, but nobody's been paying attention. And there's been no, there's been no wind at our backs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 2020 was the wind that we've been looking for in our sails to yeah. say like change or die, right? you know, evolve or die as right. leaders. Um, you know, quote, Quoting Marshall Goldsmith, what got you here won't get you there. Yes. We are in a new place. Now that's been creeping up on us. You have been asleep at the wheel or not, or if you've known, you haven't had the will right. to look into this, to investigate this, to invest in it as a leader, to say, mm-hmm. I need to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm in my forties, fifties, sixties, it doesn't matter. You always need to be evolving to resonate with a changing world. Right. Um, and if you put your head in the sand, that's an incredibly risky strategy. And I, I, t- I just put that out there when I train leaders, I'm like, you, you can choose to job this out to your diversity team. You, mm-hmm. you can choose to diversity train or unconscious bias train everybody and check the box mm-hmm. and then go back to your business as usual. Mm-hmm. You can choose to do that, but, but I can t- promise you that if you're not investigating yourself mm-hmm. and where you fit right mm-hmm. now in this conversation, in this mix, how am I going to endear people to me? How, how can I build psychological safety so people feel comfortable mm-hmm. and trusting of me that I am a safe space for people to bring their full self? And if they don't, I want to know exactly what it is that I can do to engender that. Um, and and well, if that's one makes, thing, tell us, you know, kind of yeah. what's one or two things. Okay. I've heard this podcast. I, I, I like what you're saying. It makes mm. me feel like, okay, I, I understand it's more than just the desire to change because this is the right thing. There's some skill in this. Yeah, there is. But the skill is this head trash heart thing, right? <laughs> yes. What's one, what's, what's a skill? What's something that they ought to focus on? Give me a couple things. Yeah. I mean, and I want to address that answer to kind of, if we can pick two sides of this, like you just okay. said, we, we all, we have to extend grace and space to mm-hmm. each other. 
Mm-hmm. And I know you agree with this, Denise. Yes. This is why we've really bonded. The if the anger is white hot, and it's deserved, mm-hmm. and it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think that teaching or or um, being in community with others from that angry place can be tricky because mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of noise that comes along with that, and there's a lot of what I would call collateral damage in the workplace. Um, and so anger fuels us and it, we need to tap into it. Mm-hmm. I think we need to, to live into it in certain situations, right. In, in community, for example, with others who can share that, right. Who mm-hmm. share it by identity mm-hmm. when you can get, get into a room, virtual room now and kind of close the door and just say, I am so angry. Like I, I have to just get this out and process it and vent and like, let it out and just be justifiably, incredibly frustrated, um, heartbroken, right. About, and I think this year actually reminded a lot of us about why we are so tired and we're Mm -hmm. so fatigued and we haven't Mm -hmm. gotten a fair shot. Yes. Like all of that. But, um, but in terms of our relationships, um, we need to sort of, okay, so I've got that, you know, it's not my whole lens. Mm -hmm. It's a piece that I'm carrying with me, Mm -hmm. but there's so many other skills, like you said, that we have to access, which is okay. So, um, conversationally, how will I, um, it's patience, it's grace, it's compassion. Um, it's, it's teaching where we can anyway. I think teaching can be very exhausting when everybody's looking to us to say, like, tell me what I need to know and what I'm doing wrong. That is its own kind of exhaustion and, yeah. and it, and very unfair. Yeah. Um, so I try to counsel leaders to say, look, you need to be doing your own work and not leaning on people who are already incredibly tired and frustrated and being reminded of how rageful <laughs> they should be this year. Let's not, let's not add to that burden. Um, but I think so from both sides though, if we can hold that space in the middle to meet in the middle, Mm -hmm. to meet on the bridge of understanding Mm -hmm. and to to trust each other enough to, to, to approach each other. Mm -hmm. And that approach is what everybody's terrified about. Mm -hmm. Um, and I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. We do, this is a new language. Yeah. It's for both both sides with you right. feel you've been uh, discriminated against, you don't feel seen and heard, but also those of us who are just waking up to the fact that we may have been complicit in enabling the not seeing and the not hearing. How do I remedy that? Right. And I think it may just be as simple as just saying what I just said. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I counsel leaders to say like approach with, I am learning so much. I am overwhelmed. I am um, feeling a combination of, uh, perhaps, um, confusion and some guilt. Uh, but I also feel really excited to learn and to grow. And I, I'm going, you're going to see me making mistakes as I learn and grow, as I try to apply what I'm hearing, as I try to, um, come into conversations and, and be, get comfortable being uncomfortable. What my commitment is to you is that I will share all of that. That's going on that I will, um, always come from this place of doing my own work and uh, approaching with respect. But I also want to know where am I getting it? Not quite right or, Mm -hmm. or dramatically wrong. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I want, it's not just, I welcome feedback. That's way too passive. Mm -hmm. I don't even think that's really an open door because honestly, like which of us is going to feel empowered enough, by the way, if we're a woman, person of color, all the above, like who are we to approach somebody to say, Hey, that was a microaggression. Um, I just well, want to yes, let you know. And, and if we can't Hard. talk about the business and tell the leader the truth about when we're failing in the business, 
We're certainly yeah. not going to talk about it from a personal point of <laughs> exactly. view. Exactly. Right? That's not happening. And That's so, not happening. Yeah. You know, and I think leaders do have to come forth and kind of say, look, I'm learning and, and I'm going to do this, but you've got to be mindful of the fact that you've already created this community and this company, this culture, mm. and you don't get the truth in the first place anyway. That's so true. And that's what I say. You are in a vacuum. Yes. And when you are in a vacuum, you are at serious risk as a leader. I mean, right. no, you cannot, you cannot address anything that nobody's telling you yeah. because they're afraid to tell you. Right. It's like um, mental health issues. Mm-hmm. I, I just look at it now, understanding it as we do in 2020, right? The pervasiveness of it mm-hmm. in a workforce, mm-hmm. the stigma around it, yep. the stigma we have in certain communities of identity where we don't talk about it even. Exactly. Like we don't even, it's not even okay for me to seek help. And then we have an organization that's willfully blind to the yeah. fact that this is widespread yeah. and being totally not talked about. Mm-hmm. So I think too, we've had our head in the sand about things that make us uncomfortable, but that's not courageous leadership mm-hmm. on the company's part to, if you are told, and, and this is where we, I think, and I say we, cause I always identify, I love the saying, Denise, afflict the comfortable, comfort the afflicted. Ah, okay. Like that. So, <laughs> the com- that's tweetable. I love that. As it's Oprah very says, good. That's a tweetable moment it's there. Good. It's okay, good. <laughs> so, I give you that. It's a gift. Yes, um, I you. feel very much like I have a foot in two worlds, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I am the afflicted. Mm-hmm. And I am the comfortable, mm-hmm. like, because those are uh, my identities, right? Yeah. LGBTQ woman, I'm afflicted. And I yeah. also am such an activist. So I'm in solidarity as an accomplice with so many afflicted groups. Right. And I've studied them for so many years. And I feel when I say us, that's often what I mean, right? Is sort of, this is this community that hasn't been seen and heard of all these different identities that I deeply care about and love. Um, and so comfort the afflicted, uh, is if that's the, that's the, that's the conversation I have with leaders, mm-hmm. uh, to say this, the empathy that we need to engender in ourselves, the, the seeing, not denying, but the seeing and the acknowledging and the actioning, this is what a leader's job is, is not to put your head in the sand, is not to not see things, um, is not to wait to find out, oh my goodness, we have a pay gap in our organization. What do you mean? Like, that's not me. I would never let that happen. You know, people, women and people of color feel completely empowered in this organization just because you think they are like, do you really know? Have you really investigated it? Like, do you care enough to, to, to make that your job, not somebody's Mm -hmm. job to tell you Mm -hmm. once the harm has happened and been happening. Mm -hmm. But what I really want to see is that proactive equity lens. Every leader needs to have to say, I'm not going to wait for HR to say, Houston, we have a problem. Like, this is my job. I need to know. And if I can't generate trust enough that people will come to me and say, I want you to know, like, this is what this is like for me, for others that are of my identity, um, for, for, you know, the organization as a whole, um, it's gotta be, we gotta seek out those wake up calls. And if we aren't getting that from our organizational partners, um, we got to make it our job to find out. And then we need to, we need to agitate. I mean, I want to see leaders being the, the sand, the grain of sand in the oyster, mm-hmm. bothering the oyster. <laughs> well, and, and I think one way they can do that is, is you don't have to pick out 10 people, but you can find one or two people sure. um, who you can make a, um, a mentor mentee pack or lack of a better way of saying it 
mm-hmm. in terms of, well, you know, tell me your lived experience, right? Yes. Help me, un- you know, if, if, I, if I made a mistake, I need you to come and say, hey, what you just said might not hit the way you think you might hit, you know, i.e., you know, the head of Wells Fargo, you know, somebody should have been oh whispering saying, if goodness, you said how did that happen? <laughs> it's um, not going to go well. <laughs> it's not going to go well. But also oh. when it happens, we've also got to step forward. We've got to have that same person who we are in this relationship to go back and say, look, you made a mistake. It's okay. Pick yourself up and Agreed. get going. Because it can't come from people that look like, you know, the white male or white female or whatever, the person who's, who's in the majority, it can't come from another person like them. It's got to come from us to say, mm. we, you know, it, um, I, I love this, this uh, analogy. If you had a child and your child was learning to walk and the first thing they did was they got up and then they fell back down. You wouldn't look at them and say, you big dummy. Get right? up. Right. You know, you would say, oh my God, you tried. you tried. Okay. It didn't go the way, Ray. Let's try this here. You'd hold your hand out and you'd help lift them up. And so, wow. yes, I know I'm angry. Yes. As a black woman, I hear these mm. horrible comments that come that I know this person who gives them to me does not understand that that's it. I also hear the same kinds of horrible comments from people of color and marginalized people across. Sure. Sure, it doesn't, and, this is and not if exempt it can us. come out of your mouth, then mm. you've given permission for it to come out in somebody else's. Because you've told the universe, you've told every, you've, you've sent it out that I'm ready to receive this kind of pain back. That's my belief, I'm sorry. No, I agree with you so um, much. So I and try really hard not to put out that, even when I see the most egregious things in the news and we get inundated with it. Sure. But we have to hold ourselves accountable around if we want to see the change, we have to be the change. Mm. We have to, we have, it's not about welcoming or holding our hand out to just anybody, but it is about building a relationship and you don't build relationships in a moment. It's over time. Mm. And it means I have to stay in relationship with you when you're doing well, but also when you're not. In sickness and in health. I mean, like really the commitment, why don't we have the same compassion that we have for that child? I I just, I don't, what is it about the business world? And you can argue, well, the business world has never been compassionate to so many of us. Yes. I get it. I get it. That's true. That is really true. Absolutely. However, (laughs) and (laughs) if we're going to move forward, we cannot keep recreating the same things we've always had. It just doesn't work that way. (laughs) <laughs> I know we want, <laughs> we, we want to be satisfied, right? We want that pound of flesh. We yes. want, we want that reparation. Yes. I get it. You know, and I, I, I am very torn about it, right? Because I, part of me, I don't know if you saw, um, Will Smith, the, the 30th anniversary of Fresh Prince, I guess just happened. Okay. And Will, Will Smith had a beef with an older, uh, black woman. I think she plays his aunt on the show. I, I never watched mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. She's like this towering, successful Broadway actress, like Shakespearean trained, whatever. She thought Will Smith was not funny and she let him know on the show years ago. And so he had it out for her and like literally ruined her life, ruined her career Mm -hmm. for years, came after her. Um, And if you want to read about this and hear about it, Will Smith just came on the Red Table Talks by Jada Pinkett Smith. And he did a takeover of the Red Table Talks on YouTube and invited this cast member on to apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt apology fine, but like, how do you make up for years of harm? Years. 
And it just really struck me, you know, I was stuck in this, like, I want to, I want to acknowledge Will Smith's work on himself and, and, and the, the road he had to follow to come to the place of being able to apologize and identify how he caused harm. And, but, um, but it was, it, and she accepted it so beautifully mm. and I don't want to spoiler alert, but I, but it also struck me like, how do you redress harm? Yeah. Um, and I, and it's the question I sit with, uh, and, and how I think that's going to unfold in 2021 in a more sort of sophisticated way. I think we'll, we'll talk about, you know, I, I want to have a both and where harm can be addressed in a way that satisfies the harm caused. Um, but there's a lot of creative ways that we can do this. I, th yeah. I think that, yeah. and it's not always, it's not always monetary. Sometimes it is right. I mean, Salesforce's CEO, you know, the story, you know, discovered the pay gap, Mark Benioff, yep. and he wrote a $3 million check right. immediately to gross up everybody's pay that was underpaid and said, by the way, like, I will keep doing this, but we have to then get, let's get underneath. Why did this happen in the first place? And right. nobody talked, nobody addressed it. Right. right? So, so I, I think we have to think about the, the systems change, the redressing of the harm, a variety of ways that we can look at power being shared, because I think that actually is the most powerful way we're going to be able to redress mm -hmm. is through economic opportunity. And to me, there's been so many of us kind of shut out of promotion and advancement, not through willful, often it's not the willful, I'm going to keep you out right? because I don't want you to be at the table and I don't want you to be in the C-suite, but the, but the results sadly of unconscious bias, just yeah. running through our organizations, like the water we drink and the air thinking. we breathe. Yes. It's our already just, thinking. Yeah. So we got to like really be honest with ourselves. And I think the yeah, the difficulty is going to be to to that honest assessment, however painful it is, to say our organization causes harm. Mm -hmm. So if that's true, let's take apart our processes or systems. Let's redress this. Let's apologize where we need to. Let's say this is our action plan for our accountability, um, and and let's create solutions that include all of us at the table. When we architect those solutions, let's be incredibly mindful of who wasn't at the table originally when everything was done. That, you know, right, this, this system yeah, that was built yeah. not by and for, for so many of us, um, yeah. let's have the right people at the table right. and let's create an inclusive place where people feel the psychological safety to give their input right. and know that it will be acted upon. Like, let's do it right this time. And it's so, it's so within our reach. This is not impossible, you know, it, but, it, and it's a huge 2020 has opened up this door for all of us to fix what's been needing to be fixed for so long. And to truly have inclusion and belonging for everyone, not right. just some, and not yes. just this, who's, who's in the popular lane right now that we need to That's pay right. attention to, which is really mm. a way, it feels to me that what we do sometimes is we pit one against the other. Oh, because yeah, we still so live harmful. in this mindset of- Binary. Yeah, and, and scarcity. Well, there can only right. be Binary two and at the table. There can only be, <laughs> right. you know, and well, we've got this one and this one. Well, we, you know, this time, well, this one, you know, and so we're always just trying uh, this, this game of, of what feels like a game. And I know it's very serious work. I'm not trying to marginalize it or even put it down, but sometimes mm. I think we get so stuck in when, you know, the, what's in the way that we can't see the way. And, and that's the, you know, and, and that's uh. what happens because we're trying, you know, we're trying to do, you know, one year, three years, five year gaps when we're, we really ought to be measuring 
is in the next 30 days, the next 60 days, the next 90 days. What's one thing we can do to deepen a relationship? Mm. What's one more thing that we can do that will engender a conversation that's more authentic than it's been before? What's one more thing that we can do that brings transparency to this problem? What's one more thing that I can do to allow somebody to be wrong and not kill them with judgment? <laughs> Please. Right? Because we need those potential allies. Remember, the, the clueless person today is the potential champion of tomorrow. Yeah. So when I say to people, when you burn that bridge, just yeah. think about what you're doing. Yeah. Because I have seen, I have seen the 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 results of a journey, mm-hmm. a hard one journey of progress. Like I know that it's possible. And maybe listening to this, you might think it never happens. I've never known a leader like that. I've never, but I can tell you from where I sit, I I know I won't say I know plenty of them, but I know a bunch of them. And I know wow. a bunch of works works in progress. And I have huge hopes and expectations yeah. for those people that yeah. they will grow, that they will become more comfortable, that they will, they will be able to develop competency and courage with this. And, and one of the most important sacred jobs that I have is to say, you can do this. Mm-hmm. I've seen how I see ahead for you. Mm-hmm. I see how, if you read this and do this and practice this and, and get comfortable being uncomfortable, I see your path. You may not see it yourself and we need to help encourage because somebody encouraged us. I also say that to those of us who are the afflicted. Remember, mm-hmm. like you just said, we can be our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have all the same, all the same ills that everybody else does. Just because I'm in the LGBTQ community doesn't mean that we don't experience, um, you know, toxic masculinity, um, mm-hmm. cisgender um, privilege, mm-hmm. uh, male privilege. Um, we have racism in our community, transphobia in our community. So I, I give that hard message to some of us who think we're sort of holier yeah. because, you know, somehow our marginalized identity gives us a pass. We are still a product of this world. And we, if we're not extremely careful, right. we replicate, we replicate that in our communities that should know better. Yeah. So the change you said, change starts with me, like let's role model in intersectional you know, intersectionalism, let's role model, uh, grace, space, patience, uh, compassion. Um, let's role model inclusion and hold ourselves and our accountable and our feet to the fire about how well are we doing in mm-hmm. our community? Mm-hmm. Like colorism, mm-hmm. what kind of conversation are we having about all these things that, that these dynamics that play out, I um, mean, each of our communities, um, mental health and all the other things that, that also sort of tie us together even, um, also that having those intersectional identities be represented. Um, I like to go beyond race and gender when we talk about diversity dimensions, there's right, more right, than right. that. And we, and we can, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can have a more fulsome conversation about all kinds of identities. You just said, oh, well, we can't tackle the, you know, the, the LGBT thing because we've been tackling racial justice this year. You know, I, you know, we can't have an incomplete way forward. I think we have to have an intersectional conversation that is there are black identified people in the LGBTQ community, (laughs) newsflash, and there are LGBTQ people in the black community. And if we can have that conversation about the most, Mm -hmm. I don't love the word marginalized. And white male. And I mean, so it's not just typical. It's the white, okay, you didn't know, (laughs) you know, and- uh, We are everywhere. I know. (laughs) Again, 
So, you know, as always, everybody, if, if we come to the end of this and it's like we're just revving up in terms of the conversation here. And so right. I have to say, Jennifer, we have to come back and talk yes, a little bit let's more. let's do it. Because several of the things that you talked about are sitting in my new book that's coming out. And mm, I'm sure. Really, ah, I, I, I'm so excited I, I for know, you. Right? And so Denise, when you talk about the leader, so... yeah, when you talk about the leader who can't change, there's one woman who's who made it her mission that she wasn't going to take it. Black woman who said, I'm not going to take this. And she helped this white leader figure out how to become more, much more mm. aware in a way mm. that wasn't embarrassing to her. Wow. And, and by the end of the year, they were just like, oh my God, we're friends we've figured it out we've learned to live with and beautiful you know down even down to you know um you know a black man who was um you know he was gay and he was working for a homophobic black manager oh my goodness wow yeah so there's there's just rich stories in it and yes this is a plug and i'm sorry i can't wait to read it (laughs) oh this is so good you're really Um, charting a path for a new conversation honestly and that's what and that's the that's the point of yeah it, it isn't about you know the strategists like you and me who are helping these leaders do this but it is about what everyday people who are in this and have and just have made the decision you know what, I am not going to do this again. I'm not going to walk this way. I'm not going to let somebody else pick it up for me. I'm mm-hmm. going to learn how to find the skills to be able to move forward myself. I'm mm-hmm. going to get in this game and there's a little thing that I can do because I can have a relationship with one person and I can make sure that one person is better. And that builds a pattern in us, but that first step is the hardest. So I love how you boil it down to say, tackle this in a, in a bite-sized piece and then enable yourself to feel a job well done, right? That the gratification of that, but also that's how we start building a competency. Like the muscle starts with that first trip to the gym, right? And it's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be sore. uh, And, but if you keep going, you're like, wow, I can do this. I can get stronger. It's actually happening. So, uh, you know, allowing that to the recognition and for yourself that I am, I might be an old dog, (laughs) but I can learn new tricks. (laughs) (laughs) I can do this. I can, and I have to do it. Like if if you can't do this, then I, I worry for you. And I believe we are, we are that plasticity of our brains and our hearts continues. And, and in fact, there's so many arguments that when we get older, different avenues open up for yeah. new, new behaviors and new skills. And we have so much wisdom at this yeah. age. So I just feel like, gosh, I've never been, I, in a many ways, I've never been more able to, to connect the dots and, and, and adjust. And so, um, you know, it, it can really happen. It needs to continue to happen because we are literally keeping this portal open for ourselves as humans. Mm-hmm to our hearts and to being willing to be changed, right? And be changed and transformed in relationship with someone else is the the holiest thing in our lives is Mm -hmm. to have somebody trust us with their truth Mm -hmm. is the, I think what the whole human experience is about that to be trusted and to be, and to extend love and to be given that compassion is, there is no other thing even right. in the business world doesn't like to acknowledge that this is what's going on but it's at the heart of our ability to create together and belong together yeah i agree i agree so um we're at the point where 
how can people get a hold of you? I know Thank it's going to be in the show notes, but <laughs> tell us what your preference is. Thank you. Oh, it's been such a lovely conversation. So I've got two books. We've talked about a couple of them. The first is inclusion, the, the diversity, the new workplace and the will to change. Uh, and then second book is how to be an inclusive leader. So that came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then I have a podcast called the will to change, which I love that you, you honed in on that actually. And I want to give credit to bell hooks work. Mm-hmm. So bell hooks has a book called will to change, which yeah. I rec- recommend everybody go read because bell hooks is amazing. And then, um, uh, then I have all the social handles like Twitter is at Jennifer Brown. Instagram is at Jennifer Brown speaks. Uh, and please, I have a whole amazing consulting team that goes into organizations and builds DEI strategy and develops customized learning programs. We do just really, I'm so proud of the work we do. So um, please call us if you're interested in checking out our consulting work. That's at jenniferbrownconsulting.com. Good, good. Well, guys, this is the end of it. And I hope that between the two of us, you were able to pick up one small step that you can take that will move you forward. And in the end, if you one small step consistently done over time. That's how you close the gap. Hey, that's a wrap. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast. Please leave comments below. I'd love to know what you're thinking. If you liked it, share it. If you didn't like it, share it because I guarantee it's going to start a conversation that will help you close the gap. I want to thank the C-Suite Radio Network for hosting my podcast. It is the largest network dedicated to the growth and development of leaders worldwide. I'd also like to um, thank Ivan G. Hall for the music that you are currently enjoying. Hey, check him out. He's really a great musician. And finally, I have two other requests. One is please, please, please leave a review on this, either on Apple or Google or wherever you get your podcast. And the other is don't forget, please look up my book, Remarkable Leadership Lessons, Change, Result, One Conversation at a Time. It's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble uh, in paperback, as well as Kindle version, Kindle versions. And with that, it's a wrap. Talk to you next week. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.